Thresher's Handbook. Welcome along to episode six, Harry. We're reaching the end. With myself, Harry Briggs. And myself, Robin Sargeson. Harry, we're rattling through these. We're nearly at the end. It's crazy. We are rattling through them. I'm faster than the bullet train. Um, incoming on this episode. All about stuff you can get up to uh, when you are not specifically at uni doing your studies. I'm talking about the sports side of life, societies, uh, the weird and wonderful society culture at university. Those extracurricular opportunities, um, which are for all different types of abilities, and the fact that you can just do this stuff for fun, and you can do this stuff seriously if you so desire. Coming up. I think I'd go to Latin Dance Society. Lots of the clubs across the country as well, they have different levels of where you can join from being really highly competitive to joining for a bit more fun and just to keep physically active. Um, One of my proudest achievements at university was hitting a 180. We've got a few. We've got things like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so we've got lots of sort of martial arts um, that people probably have never heard. The Freshers' Handbook Podcast with Harry Briggs and Robin Sargison. You find a new lease of life outside the lecture theatre at uni. I feel I feel like there's so many people who start weird and wacky, wonderful things that they learn or find out about at uni. I mean, who would? Where else could I have learnt to belly dance? <laughs> Are you a good belly dancer? <laughs> I'm not, but our uni has a society for it, and I've seen them do it because uh, my friend was in one of the dance societies, um, and they did like a whole showcase at the end of the year, and they literally have belly dancing society. Wow. Tap dancing, nice. ballet, street dancing, all all of it. This is just an example to kick it off, but it's crazy. We're going to rattle through some amazing, amazing opportunities, societies. Every university, obviously, disclaimer, we can't talk about every society in the UK no. on this. Like, there is going to be different societies at every different uni, and I think that's the beauty of it as well, because wherever you go, there's going to be something random there. Like, NTU doesn't have a knitting society, but I bet you there's one. Somewhere in the UK, there's a knitting society Are you sure there. NTU doesn't have a oh, knitting society? Bring it out, you could check, you could check. But I bet it does. Does it? Knitting sock. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've got it in front of me. I've That's got the sick. List. That was a guess. Um, they host like a, a mix hobby. of in person online meetings and social events events where we have a knit and natter. Six pounds <laughs> annual membership covers your own pair of knitting needles and a crotchet to help you knit. This this is what I come to uni for. <laughs> this see, it's you think it's all about the degree. They meet on a Monday, six thirty to late. Oh. Tell you what, if anyone actually ends up coming to NTU, go to one of the knitting society things and let us know how it is because I've, oh, you know, one of the, you know, those things where you're like, oh, I wish I'd done that now. I wish I'd just gone to one, like the, the freshers thing they do or whatever. But honestly, we're, we're going to rattle for a few that our uni has had on offer, but we don't want to make this purely about the uni we're at. But we're just going to draw some examples and things like that. So I think, first of all, there's societies for um, not only religions but your own beliefs your own people um your own gender identity interests political beliefs so it's not it's not even societies where you specifically do activities it's just for people that are similar it's for like-minded people. yeah exactly i I mean uh, i've got a list here of our societies at our uni and they nicely put them into seven different categories they're academic and vocational yeah common interest Culture and faith, media and creative, political, political campaigns and causes, raising and giving, and re- and then you can restart a society if one's closed down that you want to restart. They tried to start a poker society last year, but it got it got vetoed. 
Really? Because of the gambling? Yeah, because they were like, we can't we, we can't condone people gambling at uni because then it, you might get addicted to like gambling and stuff. But so the, hey. There's, there's so much. I mean, I'm looking down on, on, on our list. There's You've got the Bangladeshi Society, uh, NTU Conservatives, uh, the, the Drone Society, uh, there's the Student Radio Station, um, there's the, the Indie Society. Um, that could give me a random letter from A to Z. Um, L. L. I'll tell you the society you're beginning with L. Lebanon Society. NTU Labour, Latin American, Latin Dance, Lex Law, Literature. Literature. Ooh. Which one would I... I think I'd go to Latin Dance Society. No, that would be a good night out. Good. Honestly, two hours where I learned to dance, like, Strictly Come Dancing, <laughs> that'd be jokes. So when you come to uni, you go to, or you can if you want to, go to a freshers sort of fair where all of these societies will try and uh, get you to uh, join their society. I'd, I'd say no, even if you're not interested in doing a society, just go with your mates to the Freshers' Fair. It's one of the most fun experiences to kick off university. It's weird. It's so weird. It's like a giant room and everyone's got a table with all, like, all their posters, all their signs. Um, there'll be music playing. They'll, they'll give you free stuff. People were getting like mugs, pencils, stickers... Pizza. Pizza. Oh, love. People queued up just for a free slice of uh, pizza. Um, and then, yeah, you just go around and literally you could just look at everything on offer. And I remember going around, seeing like gymnastics, motorsport. And there was there was DJ Society there and they had like decks set up and everything. That's, that's what really interested me. But there was everything. There's drama. So there's just... You, you, I'm literally listing off things that sound pretty normal, but there is everything in it and anything, I think. And you can start your own society. I think you only need, like, three or four people to start a society, I believe, at our uni, Harry, because then, like, three's on committee, and then, yeah. you, then you just get a member. So it, it, it can be even... You can go to one of these freshers' fair, look to see if there's a society which has your interests, and even if there's not, you can start it. Exactly. You just got to apply to your student union, and, and then they sort of just do it that way they just make sure you're getting the right resources and that everything's safe because obviously they, they just have to follow certain rules with certain things but there's you do get a lot of creative cheap freedom as well yeah like the, the signing up membership fees for at least these sorts of societies where it's the it, non-sports, non-sports i'd say it's just it's all pretty much under a tenner there's a few that are like 15 20 but i think the only ones that will actually you'll actually notice the money will be sports because you have to sign up and get kit and stuff like that so when you've done uni for three years, like myself, mm-hmm. what societies have you been involved with? So I've been involved with Trent Bass, which was the DJ Society. I've been involved with the radio station and the TV station. Uh, obviously, we both come from broadcasting degree. So doing the radio station, honestly, makes you feel like you're on Capital or something. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's unbelievable. Like the, the, the stuff they have, you just go in a room and you've got a full radio desk working, everything, all the songs and you play out and everyone can listen in on an app and something like that. So that's just one example. And even the DJ society, I pay £10 a year and I can use industry standard nightclub DJ decks, which is crazy for, t- for £10 for the whole year. So, and not only that, they put on events, all the societies do social things. So you'll meet everyone. There's society nights out. So there's fancy dress nights every week at our uni where we all go out on a Wednesday. To, As with us, just with our society. society, yeah. And it's like society nights out on a Wednesday. So there'll, there'll be something similar like that across the entire uh, university spectrum. I was in NTU darts. Darts is good. Motorsport, we had a few. 
Um, One of my proudest achievements at university was hitting a 180. That is that is probably one of the feelings of euphoria that would just like send me. And I did. I don't think I'd have done that if I didn't do the Dart Society. Exactly. It helped me learn my craft. And and it got you more invested in the international dance scene. That is true. <laughs> I entered a couple of competitions. That's sick. Uh, and now you can say you're a semi-professional darts player on I the mean, side. I don't know if I would say that, but is it on the CV? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's great. But um yeah, there's there's loads on offer. I I really wanted to join like uh, there was like a whitewater rafting society. Oh sounds great. And they do like canoe and kayak and I was like if COVID didn't hit, I was really down to do like one of those trips because there's like a ski trip that they do at our uni that's from the Snow Sports Society. So if you if you like your skiing and your snowboarding or you want to learn, that's the thing. You don't even have to be into stuff. You can just go, I want to give that a go. I've always wanted to do snowboarding let's see if they can teach me to snowboard i think it'd be fun when i say there's a society for everything i'm not joking literally i've done some research into some of the wackiest uk societies Mm -hmm. for example if you are at durham university you can join the assassins society (laughs) is there is there any explanation because I thought you were going to say Assassin's Creed Society, which is just a video game, but it's just ge- genuine study of real-life assassins. Uh, apparently, it transforms lowly students into, quote, cool, calm, collected, and ruthless, efficient killing machines. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine them with, like, Nerf guns or something like that, just running around. <laughs> um, there's a Kettle Society at the University of Nottingham. K- kettle? Yeah. Like, tea. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Everyone uh, brings their The group kettles. describes itself as a, quote, home of caffeine aficionados, <laughs> spending their time hosting tea parties, going on cafe crawls, <laughs> and even regular pottery painting organised by the committee. Oh, I like that. I like that. I also got to shout out the Cocktail Society at our university, which is great. One, one that everyone gets on board with. It's one of the most popular societies, I think, as well. So if you're into... You're drinking and you want to become a bit more of a, you know, a bit more of a cocktail. What is it? What's the, what's the word? Aficionado? No, I was going to say like a bar, not a bartender. What's the cool name for a bartender? I don't know. Oh, like a host. Cocktail connoisseur. Yeah. I'm going to say that. If you'll be a cocktail connoisseur. Newcastle University is home to the 20 Minute Society. What do they do? It's mysterious and uh, (laughs) spontaneous. And they don't announce when they're meeting. And then when they least expect it, their members... And we'll receive a text containing their location, and they have 20 minutes to track down and get to. And if they arrive in time, you get to enjoy a mystery event. And if you're lately, they kick you out of society. You you can't go to it. Oh, that's that's like quite a cool idea. It's a great idea. It's mad. I don't know how they managed to get that one passed. Like, like how they get stuff like that allowed. That's great. University College London has a dinosaur appreciation society. Oh, that's sick. I'm always I'm always into dinosaurs. I think that's mainly because of David Attenborough and his documentaries. But still, mm. there should be a David Attenborough Society. Once again, Nottingham University hitting out the park. Extreme Ironing Society uh, <laughs> is Nottingham University. Where were they when I needed them? <laughs> we Mem- didn't have ironing boards. Members of this group get their ironing boards out in some of the craziest and most creative places. So far, ironing has been completed up cliffs while surfing, down waterfalls, while skiing, and even while skydiving. No. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to see what like the shirts look like after a skydive iron. <laughs> I think it would make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> More power to them for doing that. So though. when I, I say that. that your student union will have a gazillion different societies to join, I'm really not lying to you.
The Freshers' Handbook. I'm delighted to be joined on the Freshers' Handbook right now with Zoe Clifton, who was Vice President at NTU focusing on sport. Um, she's also been a student director on the Books Board, which focuses on sport. We'll talk about books in just a bit. She's currently a sport champion at NTU. We can go into a bit of depth about what all that means. How are you, Zoe? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. So, I guess my first question is, why are you sport mad? Have you have you always been sport mad, or has, was it a uni thing? Have you always been um, going to gyms and, and joining sports clubs and stuff like that throughout your whole life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from a young age, both my parents were always very active, swimming, running. My dad played rugby as well. So I think from that, we were all just always encouraged to get a bit involved. Um, started off doing tennis and ballet and that sort of stuff and then progressed through to finding cheerleading at secondary school and then finding a university that also allowed me to continue that. So so I guess if you're so sport mad, did you make sure you went to a uni which really had a big sports um, sort of uh, passion? Yeah, definitely. When I was um, put my universities into UCAS, um, they were all universities that had the option to do not only the sport I wanted, but go to the gym and all of that sort of stuff as well. And wh- how far in were you when you were at, when you like were a fresher, then that you started to join your sports clubs, stroke sports societies? Was it sort of straight away? Were you just determined when you went to the freshers' fairs to, to sign up to certain sports? Or were you like, oh, I might join cheer or I might join uh, I don't know rugby um definitely when I went to Freshers Fair mm. immediately made a beeline for the cheerleading stand <laughs> um I had a few friends as well that had come already through university and were part of the club so um that was a big draw as well but um no Freshers Fair was where it was at for me that was the start why do you think you wanted to join so badly um, there was a big sense of community. That's why I always got from sport, and that's where a lot of my friends and still current friends, like that's how I met them. Um, and I think obviously moving to a new place, you want to find a place where you fit in. Um, and I knew that through sport, that's what I was going to be able to do. Yeah, so I guess it's a good way of making making friends. Yeah, it's absolutely. As simple as that. So, would you um, recommend joining a sports society? Like, were you nervous? I was nervous, um, particularly when there are hundreds of people Mm. trying out, there's only limited spaces. Yeah, and does it feel sort of like this cool club that you're not in yet? Definitely, like you feel like you've got to earn your place a little Mm. bit, which can be daunting, particularly when you feel like a very small little fresher in a big senior world. Mm. Um, But I think everyone's always so welcoming, they want new people on the team, so it you become part of the family really quickly. So if you, obviously if you were like a sport mad your whole life, you're quite on it with the sports, but what about somebody who perhaps is just looking for sort of something to do uh, like one night a week or a couple of nights a week and they just want to get fit and healthy and they want to meet meet friends? Would you say joining a sports society um, can be can be good just, just for sort of um, meeting mates and exercise and not sorry, sort of the seriousness of it? Yeah, definitely. Lots of the clubs um, across the country as well, they have different levels of where you can join from being really highly competitive to joining for a bit more fun and just to keep physically active. Okay, so there's some which are like really, really serious. And then there's also some which are like um, sort of just chill. Yeah, so for example, at NTU, we have the Play for Fun scheme, which people can go and do one-off sessions. So we've got badminton, futsal, but that also happens across the country. I know Loughborough have similar schemes and so do the University of Nottingham. Play for Fun, so is that just rocking up and um, doing a session and seeing whether you like it or not? 
Yeah, so you literally go, you can go with your friends. It's not anything where you have to be committed for a long period of time. You can literally go try it. If you like it, then you can move through to the signing up to the club, but you can give all of these sports a go. So it's fantastic. I really like that. What are the sort of um, sports that you really pride yourself on when you were vice president of sport at NTU? What were, what are the sort of, I don't know, blue ribbon sports that you, you're most proud of? And you're like, yeah, that's... Um, for example, I don't know, football, oh, they're really good at NTU or like uh, cheerleading, they've got really good um, following at NTU. Do you know what? I think it's quite hard to pick one and I think that they're all fantastic for different reasons. I think particularly looking at um, clubs such as Rugby Union, they've done a lot in terms of mental health over the last few years and they're really, really pushing it and I think that's fantastic, particularly from a male-dominated mm. uh, sport. So I guess it's, that, so it's not just all about playing the sport. They've, they, they focus on other bits and bobs yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that is part of being part of the family. Like family is more than just that immediate doing something. It's about the support. It's about the empathy and everything else that you get with it. I really like that, actually. That's good. So when you join a sports society, you're not just going to play a match on a Saturday morning. You're actually going to, to, to join the whole community side of, 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 the, of the events. That's pretty good. So you were um, vice president of sport at NTU overlooking sort of all the different sports societies, sports clubs, sports matches. What, what, kind, of, um, what kind of challenges and um, tribulations did you get uh, during your, your year? Was it one year, two years? Two years. Two years, two years. overlooking that. Um, there was challenges here and there, particularly when you're looking at things like budgets to make sure that mm. everyone can actually do the activity. So what, do, what actually is your role? What what are you in charge of? Um, so it's student representation. Right. So it's making sure that these clubs feel heard by the management staff, by by their leaders, all of that sort of stuff, and that the student view comes into one one bubble, if you like, okay. rather than having 50 voices all screaming different things, it's collecting those 50 voices, putting it into context and then feeding that back to management. So you're the elected representative between sort of the, the people and the management. Yeah, and you're elected by those people who want you to take their voice to those people. So. Amazing. So what were the sort of challenges you faced? Um, so one was um, some like the bigger clubs as people like to refer to them as so your football rugby mm. hockey getting more than the smaller clubs so whether that's coaching or funding or whatever and when i'm referring to smaller clubs things like dodgeball or mm. clubs like that where they're a little bit more niche um and also they don't necessarily have um the people don't view them as the same thing like they think dodgeball is a little bit more just for fun whereas rugby's like dead serious and actually both of them are dead serious and both of them are really fun at the same time. Like there's there's all of the pathways. And I think it's making sure that those smaller clubs felt as heard um, because when you look around universities across the country, you see rugby posters, you see football posters, you see these profiles of these athletes that are from those big clubs and not necessarily as higher profiles of those of the smaller clubs. Yeah, what are the sort of the sort of niche sports that NTU has on offer? Because maybe students listening across the country could be like, "Oh, I never knew. I never knew my university might have a dodgeball sports club." Um, we've got a few. We've got things like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So we've got lots of sort of martial arts um, that people probably have never heard. Like most people have heard of karate, but then we've got World Taekwondo and things like that as well. Um, dodgeball. Um, 
burlesque pole dancing pole dancing is incredible if you've never watched it really highly never. recommend um i presented their showcase and it was fantastic the skill the is upper unbe- body strength yeah the course honestly i couldn't do it no that's pretty cool um so i guess if you just go on to your university's uh, sports website and what have you they'll they'll have all the details there when you want to join i'm just thinking of put our minds into the freshers eyes or put our, put our eyes into freshers eyes. you um you're hesitant about joining or not and you might not think that you're necessarily good enough to join the sports society maybe you've only did it for a year or two at school or maybe you lasted cricket when you were you know when you're at school and you've since been done sixth form and stuff like that what would you say would you say um that it's there's definitely a space for you oh 100% in whatever sport you want to do there is an area that is for you um, never feel like you can't do something because maybe someone else is going to be better than you. All of the programmes are there to help build you up as well over the years. So if you join a club and you're put in the fifth team, mm. the, the club will build you up so that you can move through those levels throughout your time at university if that's what you want to do. Or it will help keep you at the sustained level and keep your fitness up and things like that so you can carry on. And I mean, there's nothing worse probably than being put in a team which is... Um like maybe not the right team for you and then getting I just remember being in football when I was growing up and um, our football team wasn't great well I don't think it was that we weren't great we were just put in the wrong abilities league and um, for about a season we just kept getting battered every week and we just lost and it is actually quite humiliating and um, so being in the right level of skilled league is actually quite important yeah definitely and that's what we you know the coaches they're quite often coaching across the country different leagues different levels so they're there to help put you where you should be and where you need to be and where is going to grow you as an individual and an athlete do you think sports societies are value for money oh definitely um particularly with um the variety of opportunities you get so actually with your sports membership um you get to have access to these coaches for one that actually maybe you didn't get at school because you you had a PE teacher that was Mm -hmm. generalized rather than specific and maybe the sport you wanted to do um then you also have the facilities around you that being part of a sport club actually gives you access to. So things like you get to play on some of the best pitches across the country by being part of the football team or you get access to the best gyms, boxing. That's, you know, all of that sort of stuff is included in that sport membership. Yeah, it's, um, when you join a sports society, a lot of universities across the country will give you a bit of a discount to use their general gym facilities and gym classes. Is that right? Yeah, some universities do. It's not necessarily universal across the country, okay. but they're very. It's very publicised on websites and things, so it's not hard to find about what you get included. Um, at NTU, when you buy a gym membership, you also get access to all of the court hire, and all of that is included. The classes are included, um, and play for fun things like that. So there's a lot of packages out there, and different universities offer different packages. So it's always really good to go and have a look. Because um, actually, you can get a lot mm. for your money and explore your options. We yeah. had a whole episode with like a university student finance episode um, expert, and he said the best thing to do is just explore your options and don't be so quick to join your gym on your street, which might not be your uni- university gym, because it might have like a really nice, cheap, um, freshest week 
sign-up fee, but then you don't get the classes and the the people that you meet if you go through your uni gym. Yeah, definitely. And also Bucks have a universal gym policy, which um, so NTU have signed up to it and gym and universities across the country, which means that when you go back home, you can actually use your local university's gym if you've signed up to the NTU one. So with no quite, added cost. With no added cost. So it's included in that original gym membership. So actually, when you're going to pick another gym that's local in the city centre that says, oh, would you like to pay an extra £5 a month to have multiple locations? You already get that if you, you know, you're know, you part of the Bucks Universal Gym Programme. You mentioned Bucks. What is Bucks? What does it stand for? Um, what it, what are the sort of things it does? Because I, I, I'm quite naive. I don't know much too much about it, but I was doing some research. And they're kind of like, um, they oversee the professional uh, if you could call it that side of the sports clubs across the country and they'll organise the matches at the top level. Is that right? So, yeah, so BUC stands for British Universities and Colleges Sport. So it represents um, sport across uh, Britain and the UK. Um, so they have representatives that sit across boards from across the country, um, myself being one of them, which I'm very lucky to have the opportunity. But um, they... That's, I think that's what people always think it is. They think it's the high level, they think mm. it's the performance, which it is, but they also do a lot of physical activity as well, which physical activity is something that is not necessarily about being competitive and performing at a really high level. It's about being involved, being healthy, being active, and actually they've got a great programme that sort of sits within that as well. So they have a physical activity board that actually looks at how students beyond that performance sport aspect can get involved across universities. All right, so how did you come about getting um, a role at Bucks, being a sports director? Was that something you were quite keen to do? Yeah, so um, within my first year being uh, vice president of sport, um, I had had exposure to Bucks, sort of at a a higher level, if you will. Um, And then when it came to my second year, I thought, actually, I really want to get a bit more involved. I want to have more of a say. I want to be able to represent student voice across the Mm. UK. Because that's what they're all about. They're creating the best sports um, experiences that they can that's sort of their one job I guess yeah definitely and I think when you see how many students get involved on a weekly basis on a Wednesday I think you can see what a strong presence they have across universities in the UK there is it the sort of upper echelons of sport at university can actually go on to become um, uh, really professional athletes they can get scholarships um, and it can become their career just look at the the boat race, for example, Oxford and Cambridge. They're all students, right? Yeah. So, um, how does how does that go about working? Like, let's say you're really really good at sport. Um, what kind of avenues can you go down then? So, um, for example, NTU we have both scholarship and performance um, level athletes. So they are two different routes. They're two different pathways. They offer slightly different opportunities. But we have a fantastic scholarship team that actually go out. Um, to all of the open days and things like that and they recruit from before you even get to NTU so the opportunities there to connect with that department pre coming to university so you can see what your options are at any university across the country you can see what package they can offer you as an athlete Mm. so lots of the scholarship you'll get things like physio thrown in which is fantastic if you're coming back from you know if you're recovering from injury if you know that that option is there prior to making your choice, you're going to feel the most supported that you can at that university. How, how does that go about working alongside your studies? Because if you put in so much priority on your sport because you're really, really good at it, is there still ample time to, to study? 
Definitely, and that's what the scholarship teams are there to do. They're there to help you create that balance whilst allowing you to excel in your sport. They're also supporting your studies alongside you, making sure you've got the time, allowing for extensions, for example. We have some athletes that have competed internationally and allowing for extensions on work and things like that to support that journey. I was having a look at some of the um, athletes who have uh, started off at university getting a scholarship. People like uh, Dame Catherine Granger, the rower, Victoria Pendleton, uh, cyclist, Duncan Scott, a swimmer. Um, So I guess you could even never have done the sport before and if you just find yourself naturally really good at it and gifted and you work hard, you could become a a, a really successful uh, sport sportsman or sportswoman exactly so that and you know they're 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 living proof of why getting involved in sport at university is in, so incredible absolutely um before we wrap it up um i'm just going to ask you if there's anything else you want to uh, dwell upon any other tips and tricks you've got for freshers you mentioned the the fact that if you get a gym membership a, a lot of the universities you can sort of swap it and um act to the go to your gym when you're at home in the holiday times is there any other tips and tricks you'd recommend like what you wish you knew if you were a student um when it comes to sport and physical health i think um about you don't just have to actually play the sport to go and get involved. You can go and watch, like on a Wednesday afternoon, get yourself down to your sport campus and actually go and watch all the sport taking place. The buzz, um, particularly around things like varsity, when varsity's on, the buzz that it gives campus is incredible and I think it's quite unmatched. And I think being able to get involved in terms of, as a spectator, that's also a fantastic opportunity and it gets you meeting other people and it gets you involved in a different way. And what is Varsity for for those who freshers who are perhaps not so sure? So Varsity is like the be all and end all competition, it feels like, between, so in Nottingham, it's Uniov versus Trent and it's all sports get involved and there is one overall university winner and it just creates such a normally you're dividing sport by sport but this is university bringing Mm. everyone together and I just think it's the most incredible feeling and varsity series aren't just like Nottingham specific other universities will have their own sort of varsity series um did you say you told me that some were sports just sport varsities, but in some of some like big university v university. Yeah, so some universities is like all sports in like in Nottingham, that's what it is. But in other areas, so I know Cardiff, for example, they do a massive rugby match. So it just it varies it varies university to university, but generally speaking, there is something of that kind. And that provides so much more opportunities apart from just playing in the matches. Like there's all of the um Uh, the social side of things and there'll be like nights out and events um, revolved around varsity and when you'll be at a varsity match you can like get involved with your student television societies and radio societies they'll be covering the games and platform or at Nottingham Trent writes about the games Um, it brings like a whole wealth of new opportunities yeah definitely and that's my point is that sport isn't just about Mm. the physicality of it actually there's so many ways to get involved so I just think why wouldn't you want to do it? That's a great way to end it. Zoe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, this week. That is Zoe Clifton, who uh, uh, was or is student director at Books. Is student director. Is student director at Books. Uh, used to be vice president at NTU, focusing on sport. Um, she's currently a sport champion at NTU as well. Thank you so much for coming on, Zoe. Thank you for having me. The Freshers' Handbook. 
In fact, I'd go to far as say the stuff that you do outside the lecture theatre is the stuff that you'll remember most. Yeah, because it's like it's like school. Like you, you remember the stuff you did on your course, but you're, you're not going to be like, and that was the highlight for me. Like obviously, getting the degree is great, but I think if you supplement your learning with these great experiences outside the outside the lecture theatre. Um, you you just develop so much more as a person. I think you really find yourself um, not only what sort of job and work experience you want to have throughout your life. You'll find what sort of person you want to be in your free time, in your social time, who you want to hang out with, that sort of stuff. As someone who is heavily involved in student radio, I know people who are on psychology courses or architecture courses who will then go, oh, actually, I think I want a, a career in, in media and, yeah. uh, and audio uh, because of their work through the societies. I say to my mates, a few of them did graduate apprenticeships, mm. which seem to be the, the done thing these days, where they will pay you to do the degree as well as working five mm. days a week. And uh, you can have that, but what you don't get is the stuff outside of the lecture theatre, mm. which is the societies um, and the sports clubs uh, and everything that comes with it. Yeah, university isn't just the couple hours a day you spend um, doing, the, doing the work or doing the seminars or the time you spend in the classroom. It is, it's a 24-7 experience. I'd say you've got to treat it like an experience. You don't treat it like like you used to treat school. It's not like I go to school, I do my work, I come home and that's it. Uh, I, it just continues and it's just, it's everywhere around you. It, it's surrounding, literally, that's like the best way I could describe it. It's like you're in the middle of a, of a, like a snow globe and university is a snow globe and you just, everywhere you look, it, it just influences the culture, uh, especially of the city. Exactly, 100%. And it, it also improves your own mental well-being and health, of course. And that is it for another episode of the Freshers' Handbook. Stand by for another episode incoming into where you choose to listen, which I'm presuming is through your ears uh, <laughs> next. Take care. Bye. The Freshers' Handbook podcast with Harry Briggs and Robin Sargison. The Freshers Handbook was brought to you by Jano Media in partnership with the Centre for Broadcasting and Journalism Department at Nottingham Trent University. It was recorded and mixed by me, Harry Briggs, with assistance from Sassy Clyde in conjunction with the Jano Media Award at Nottingham Trent University, providing fresh postgraduate students with a chance to create a fully costed short podcast series.